Well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me. This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. Well, hello and welcome to episode 31 of Bold Business Bits. This is Ros Jones and today I speak with Susie Mortensen of Harrowell Solicitors. We had a really fascinating conversation about her journey from wanting to be a teacher at a very early age to her struggles choosing the right degree course. As an only child, with a lot of pressure from her ambitious parents, Susie found herself choosing her pathway to a career in the law in a very circuitous route. She talks about her experience along the way and how finally she came to be a partner in the firm she loves and at last has achieved her ambition of being a mentor to people in business. It's a great story and I hope you enjoy our show. Listen on. Hello and welcome to Bold Business Bits podcast show. This is Ros Jones and today I'm joined by Susie Mortensen of Harrowell Solicitors in York. Hi Susie. Morning Ros. Thank you so much for joining me today. So Susie, tell me, you're a successful solicitor in a successful law firm. Tell me how you got to be there. Well, I suppose it's a bit of a funny story really. I didn't actually always want to be a solicitor. Um, I wanted to be something entirely different, but I sort of fell into a career in law, really. So what is it you wanted to be? I wanted to be a teacher. That was always my passion. Fantastic. So what, from a very early age? Yes, I think so. I was always uh, the one who was taking others under their wing. If people weren't doing so well at school, I would always try and help them out. I had a bit of that uh, nurturing aspect to my personality. So I used to, I wanted to be a teacher as well, and I used to teach my dolls stuff. <laughs> I also used to do that as well. <laughs> so there you are. So what happened? What, so what happened along the way? When did you suddenly decide that that was no longer your path? So I thought, as I was going through school, really, that was my passion. But ultimately, the focus at our school was very much on academics and doing well academically and in life. A lot of the people surrounding me were very professional people. My dad, my granddad, my cousin, lots of people close to me in our family were all in professional services. And it was almost the expected thing, really, that you would go into a profession that was more of a career path and a focused career path. My mum and dad always encouraged me to do well they were always very supportive but there was that underlying tone of this is what we expect from you really and teaching unfortunately just did not quite cut it for them okay and how many are you just an only child I am an only child yes yeah so the pressure was on really which is fine I, I expected that and I did do well academically but I think those two things combined made it even more pressured to try and find a career path yeah And why law then? 
Did they decide? Well, they didn't actually. It was something that I explored throughout school because some of my family are solicitors. So it was something that I knew about. It was a profession that I already was aware of and different practice areas. I came to the conclusion that actually it wasn't quite for me. I wanted a little bit more freedom. And so I actually wanted to end up running my own business. Ah, I was really interested in business, business management, that sort of area. I took that at A-level and signed up for a degree and luckily got the results to go into international business studies and management, which would tie in with my sort of love of other countries and travelling in different cultures. But when I actually got to university, uh, it was a bit of a different story. Ah, Where did you go? I went to Edinburgh. Ah, okay. So great city, amazing university, but a few weeks in even, I knew that it wasn't the course for me. It was just not something that I had envisaged or that I was enjoying at all. A lot of economics, lots of maths, and I'm terrible at maths. I'm really bad at maths. Every sister will probably say this, actually. Uh, it's not my strong point. I'm more sort of about the words and the literacy yeah. and the theory behind it. So that really wasn't working, and I explored the option of changing courses at Edinburgh, but unfortunately it wasn't an option. Um. It was either finish the first year and then start something else again, or leave. So I left. Oh, so you went home? I did go home, cap in hand, mm-hmm. to a not very impressed set of parents at the time. I was 19. I literally just walked out of university and my halls turned up at home and said, I'm not doing it anymore. That's not what I want to do. Well, what do you want to do? I'm not entirely sure. So there was a bit of a period of unsettled times let's say between us but again they were very supportive I just think they were quite worried because I didn't really have any direction at that point. So how did you find your direction or did you? I sort of fell into it really I suppose I decided that I needed to get a job I couldn't just lounge about at mum and dad's and not you know pay my way and support myself so I got a job in insurance brokers in Leeds and that was that was good, actually. It introduced me to the sort of professional working world and it was nothing that I'd ever experienced before. So it was interesting. Insurance, again, wasn't really for me, but I quite liked being in a business and contributing something towards a business. So I worked there for about nine months or so. And during that time, I was under constant pressure to try and make a decision about what I was going to do with my life because I was being told that that wasn't my path forever as well so I started looking at going back to university and I ended up applying for all the courses that had spaces for the following year basically (laughs) perhaps not the wisest choice in the world but I think at that point I was trying to prove a point that I would go back and that I would have a direction no matter what that was so one of those courses that I applied for that had spaces for the following September was a law degree and that's where I ended up oh, wow is that was that back in Edinburgh no it was in Leeds actually okay. Oh, right. okay. Ah. so that's how you came to the law <laughs> in a funny mixed up way yes I didn't actually enjoy my degree at all a law degree as people who will have done it will know is not the most exciting or interesting it's lots of theory which you do need to know as part of the job but if you're not stuck into trust law from 1832 it can be (laughs) a a little bit an inspiring at times so after the degree I had the same sort of dilemma really about what to do 
And so I ended up working again for another year to see what my path would be. I chose to work in a solicitor's practice this time and thought, actually, if I enjoy working in a practice, then really it might not be such a bad thing after all. So I what we call paralegaled for a year and then ended up enjoying that. So fantastic. Made up my mind the second time, I suppose, really. Yeah. Well, they do say that your pathway is out there somewhere and sometimes it takes a while to get there, but yeah. I found it, I think. I really enjoy what I do now. I really love my job. I love the company that I work for and all the opportunities it provides. And I think at the level that I'm at now, I do actually get to be involved in people's businesses, clients' businesses, which is what I always wanted, ultimately, to have that sort of involvement in day-to-day business life. Fantastic. And so remind us, Susie, what area of law it is that you specialise in? So I specialise in corporate and commercial law, which essentially is anything to do with a business. Okay, and that's what you chose? Yes, it is. As a trainee solicitor, so you do your law degree, you have a year at law school doing a postgraduate course, and then you have two years training on the job. So in the training, you rotate around different departments and you see which ones you get a feel for. And corporate and commercial was my passion right from the start, really. Yeah, brilliant. So what about being a woman solicitor? Are there particular challenges or do you think it's the same for men and women? How do you find, what's your experience been? I think it's better now than it ever was. I mean, I've qualified for 14 years now. It's certainly improved in terms of opportunities for female solicitors. And actually, I think there are more female trainees coming into the profession now than there ever has been and more than male trainees as well. But I do think it is still traditionally viewed as a very male profession, particularly when you get to a senior level, because there are always that ceiling where you hit if you want to have a family, if you take time out of work for various reasons. And it is quite difficult to get past that sometimes. And so how about because you've got... One, two, two children, children, two children now. now, two young mm-hmm. children. So how how do you manage to, to have your career and to to look after your children and your family as well? It is a juggle, definitely more in terms of time than anything else. There's just not enough hours in the yeah. day. Well, I am very driven, very passionate, and very driven about what I want out of life and about my career. So I think on the days when it is a juggle, that's what gets me through. Yeah. So what are your aspirations? for your career and what you do? I would ultimately like to be a female solicitor that inspires other people, not just inspires other female solicitors, but inspires male ones as well to show that actually if you are driven and you want to succeed and you work hard, then you will do. I'd just like to be someone who others look up to and think actually she's done okay and I would quite like to do that too. Yeah, fantastic. And do you currently work with, so are there any opportunities for you to influence younger solicitors or people maybe at college who are considering law as a career? Well, I've actually just taken on a new role within Harold Wells, which is trainee and newly qualified liaison partner. So it's something that's quite new 
to the firm traditionally it was the managing partner that looked after the trainees but obviously he has other pressures on his time at the moment so we've decided to siphon that off into a separate role that someone takes on and basically I am their mentor for the time that they are training and for up to a year after qualification as well I get to help them with their training they can come to me with any queries that they've got any questions about what they're doing, the profession, just general advice, and also trying to guide them in the direction that they, they want to go in, basically. And so what about outside of outside of work, Susie? What so uh, obviously I have two young children, as you said, they are one and three and a half. So they take up a reasonable amount of time outside of work, mm-hmm. which is great. We have a lovely active family life we all like to be outside in any weathers doing anything we can in the garden in the park in the woods Uh, and me and my husband also really share a love of traveling so between us I'm not sure how many countries we've been to but certainly quite a few and that's our ambition for the kids as well to get them out into the world experiencing different things take them around in your backpack yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> a little bit too heavy for that now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so what is it about traveling then that you love I just love being immersed in a different culture really just removing yourself from what is your day-to-day life and getting immersed in someone else's I think it's fascinating to see what other people do how other people live their life how their culture impacts on their surroundings what they do as jobs everything like that really yeah brilliant is, has there been a time of real adversity? I know we talked a bit about the challenges you had when you were deciding what your career would be, but have there been other times of adversity in your life, Susie, that you'd be willing to share with us? I think there probably was a time when I was a more junior solicitor. I was working at quite a large national law firm in Leeds in the corporate department, and it was very challenging in terms of hours in terms of volume of work in terms of what was expected of you and although I loved the job there is only so much you can do in a day and my big issue I suppose is that I have trouble saying no to people so I would take on an awful lot more than other solicitors of my level and not complain about it and it was at that point that I met my husband, actually. So that's clearly not the adversity time, but I faced a real choice about how to progress. And I didn't know what to do because I loved my job. I loved the work that I was doing, but I could not sustain a relationship with this chap that I thought might have a future outside yeah. of that. So I was at a bit of a crossroads, really. And I was at the point where it could have swallowed me up. I could have quite easily just let go and sank into depression and just carried on going down into a rabbit hole really so it was at that point I had to have a stern chat with myself about what else I wanted out of life outside of work yeah I take it he didn't work for the same law firm no he's not a solicitor thank goodness yeah yes so years ago in a previous life I uh worked for a, a, a city law firm, so um, an international law firm in London. And I get completely the culture that you're talking about there. We had people, you know, we were talking about big, huge deals here. And they would just work around the clock, seriously, for, for like, or go a week without sleeping. It was just incredible. And there, there was a time, I remember, when speaking with trainees there and talking about their concerns about their, their well-being, really, it was like, they couldn't be the first one to leave the office. Mm. It was if you were the first one to leave, that was not a good sign. That was not a good thing for your for your future career. Mm-hmm. 
It is like that, though. In some firms still, it can be like that. And I think particularly as a junior member of the team, it is expected of you to stay, you know, for a certain number of hours, to complete a certain number of deals and to do a bill a certain amount. And it's difficult. It is difficult because it's not sustainable in the long term. So, But I think hopefully the pocket of firms where that happens is narrowing. People are realising that actually, you know, for mental health purposes and everything else, you cannot push people to that extent and there's been a big thing a big drive recently so here in york for instance with the york business week recently and and i don't know if you were able to go to any of the events but there has been quite a focus on well-being in business Mm, that's right that's right i did actually i attended a a couple of the events and it's very important now it doesn't matter what job you do it's very important to look after your own well-being in and outside of work i think that's why i enjoy my job so much now because i've I've fortunately found a company that promotes that as well and encourages that and does not really see a place for the culture where you have to be chained to your desk until 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And where we, um, you know, in terms of productivity of, of, of a business, you know, it's the well-being of you and your staff has got to be crucial, hasn't it? It does, because it, at the end of the day, I found certainly now as a manager, if you have a happy team, then you have a successful team and driving them to work, you know, beyond their means is not going to mean that they are happy at the end of the day. No, no and they leave. Exactly. And then yeah. you're faced with a different problem yeah, as yeah, a manager. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question, Susie, that I ask my guests, which is that so I'm sitting here before you. I'm thinking about starting my business. What's the one piece of advice that you'd give me, please? I would say to come and see me, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would take as much professional advice as you can either afford or scrounge for free, essentially, because we often see people who have started businesses without any professional advice. And that doesn't just mean legal advice. It means accountancy, banking, tax, consultancy, coaching, everything really, every sphere of business that you could imagine, you should try and take some advice. Pick people's brains. You don't necessarily have to pay for it because obviously startup businesses don't have the cash to do that but it will enable you to set off on a better and more stable footing to avoid problems in the long run yeah and do you I guess you come across businesses that are struggling yes we do we do and that's not nice to see actually unfortunately quite a few of our clients come to us either when they are struggling or something has happened to cause the business to struggle whether it's an unexpected event or a fallout with a business partner or you know negative circumstances and we have to unravel or try and unravel uh, them out of that but the advice as always is to try and prevent that happening in the first place yeah absolutely well thank you so much Susie it's been wonderful to speak with you this morning thank you for having me in our conversation Susie spoke about the difficulties she'd had early in life, making the right choice in the path that she was to take in her life. She struggled to choose the right university degree to take. Then she was in a dilemma about what career path to take. And so I did a bit of research and found some ideas about how you can be sure to choose the right path in your life. When it's easy and the door is wide open with big arrows pointing the way, we just know that we've 
chosen the right path. That's the beautiful thing. But it's not that easy for everybody looking to choose the right path in their life. Most of the time, figuring out how to choose the right path is complicated, foggy, potentially filled with anxiety. And then as we get older and our responsibilities grow and more people depend on us, it becomes even more difficult. We need experience, wisdom, patience and courage to find the correct way. So here are some of the key factors I found when I was researching that can be used to to determine how to choose the right path. As Roy Disney said, when your values are clear to you, making decisions becomes easier. So what does your moral foundation say? Learn to trust those guys and work to strengthen them. Just be careful because they can be countered and confused by emotions and desires that want a different outcome. As Disney implies in his quote, it's highly important to be very clear what your values are and to follow them. Past experience. Your past matters a lot in those moments. So thinking about all the decisions that you've made in the past, your your good decisions, your, your poor decisions, take that experience and apply it to the current circumstances. What did you learn from each instance? And then number three, list both the positives and negatives about the decision at hand. Which side is more weighted? Who stands to gain the most if a particular path is chosen? Who stands to lose? Decisions have consequences and it's wise to determine all possible outcomes. The last thing we want is to gain significantly in one area but lose devastatingly in several others. The idea is to go with the best possible chance of overall success. Having faithful patience. So John Quincy Adams said, Patience and perseverance have a magical effect before which difficulties disappear and obstacles vanish. So if there's no need to rush your decision, then by all means do not. When we act in haste, it often leads to unforeseen circumstances and an entirely new set of difficulties. So step slowly and thoughtfully. And finally, have courage. Always strive to be someone who's capable of rising to the challenge. We can't shrink away from difficulty. Seek the wisdom that will take you out of your comfort zone when required and keep you in it when necessary. Have the courage to do what's needed. In my own personal situation... I always wanted to be a teacher, as you'll have gathered from the conversation. When I was a child from a very early age, I wanted to be a teacher. But when it came to doing the PGCE after after I graduated, I just realised I wasn't up for teaching kids. So I spent the next 20 years doing something completely different. But then I became more and more frustrated. So when you take the pathway that's not right for you, things will happen will show up in your life to show that it's not the right pathway. And we've covered this in earlier podcast conversations with some of my guests. But when it's not right for you, things become really uncomfortable. Bad things will happen. They're showing you that this is not the right pathway and you've got to take the courage, have the courage to choose the right pathway. When I decided that I wasn't happy in my career, I spoke, I confided in a friend and we talked about What were the elements of my current job that I really love to do? So this goes back to Disney's emphasis on choosing your values. What was it you love to do? What's the most important things for you in your life? And when I worked out what they were, we came to the conclusion that I should be working for a training company. And then literally, I swear this is true, 10 minutes later, I had a phone call from a a franchise offering me the opportunity to buy a business coaching franchise. 
And that was a pivotal moment for me. It was just like came out of the blue after I decided what it was I wanted to do. And now I find myself as a business coach, teaching, if you like, coaching a, a coach, a teacher, a mentor for business owners and their teams. So effectively, I'm a, a teacher as I always wanted to be. So sometimes it takes a while for you to find your right pathway, but it's about learning from that experience along the way. What is it that you love to do? What is it that's making you unhappy? Things that are making you unhappy are signs that you're on the wrong pathway. So good luck to you for finding the right pathway for you. I've hope, I hope you've enjoyed listening to our show today. Please subscribe to my show and be sure to listen again. Thanks for listening. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with bold business bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening.